Hey there, my name is Piotr, uh, and it's Cut to Reveal podcast. I'm here with my co-host Ricky. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, we're doing it real short. I thought I thought you would like sense it and say, and I really <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cut to Reveal podcast. My name is Piotr. And I am Ricky, and we're here discussing the editing art form and all the hurdles that come with that career path. This is the fifth episode, and this time we're going to talk about what makes us more productive during editing sessions. So it will be like about efficiency and about productivity. And at the end of it, we'll also talk about the course that actually brought us together because Ricky uh, is a student in the Editing Chef course. And this Correct. is how we met. This is how we get to know each other. And this is how we get to start this podcast together. So it will be fun. That's right. And so hopefully at the end of this, you'll learn a little bit of the at least three tactics and concepts that will increase your efficiency and allow you to manage your work better. And especially if you're a freelance editor, that always helps. Exactly. Especially for freelance editors, because in my opinion, like once you have to manage your own time, productivity mm -hmm. and efficiency really becomes a challenge. I mean, I know that, you know, all of these skills that we're going to talk about are useful for someone who works from, um, you know, nine to five as well. Mm -hmm. But once I transitioned to freelance editing, instead of working mm -hmm. in the post-production house, I know that all of these struggles became more real to me in a way. So that's what we're going to address today. It will work for all of the people working in post-production, but especially for those that are freelancers. Oh, for sure. I had the same thing once I stopped working at a production house and started having to be responsible for my own time. Yeah, that's kind of a crux of a lot of people that work from home, <laughs> I think. Definitely. So, before we start, did you want to talk about anything that's happening on uh, Cut to the Point, your YouTube channel? In a week, I'm publishing a new video about three pillars of successful editing career in a way. So what are the most important skills for editors to learn? Quite often editors, especially at the beginning, they focus solely on technical side of things, how to run mm -hmm. software and, you know, watching a lot of tutorials. And that's what I started yeah. cut to the point with, but uh, eventually you want to learn and focus on different skills. So that's, that's what this video is going to be about. That's coming out in a week. Great. Can't wait to see it. Good. Well, let's dig in. Let's cut to the meat. Let's get into it. So the first concept we're going to talk about is dealing with distractions because we deal with them all the time, especially once we have to manage our own projects, our own mm -hmm. clients. And what I want you to think about is... What is the opposite of distraction? I would say focus, but it might just be in the word. So if it's distraction, then it probably is traction. Exactly. It's traction. It's staying on track mm -hmm. because, you know, things like checking Instagram or I don't know, chatting with your friend via social media aren't bad things by default. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the things that are necessary to some extent to, I don't know, like maintain contact with your friends and things like that. But they become distractions where they happen when they are not intended. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. Okay. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned, and to be honest, I'm quite guilty of 
not following that rule quite a lot because like this year has been quite crazy for me and I haven't really been scheduling my sessions, at least mm -hmm. not at, as well as I used to do it a year ago. And now I have to kind of get back to it. But what you want to do is actually like schedule your day. And mm -hmm. not only like the task that you need to do, not only like a to-do list. And even once you have a to-do list, you have to translate it to your, to your calendar. So put every task in its own place on the calendar, in its own time block, you know? Mm -hmm. And what is crucial is actually scheduling not only the work-related stuff, but mm -hmm. also things that you have to do, you want to do, Mm -hmm. but that are not work-related. So, for example, if you want to have that time for social media, put it mm -hmm. in the calendar. And once it's in the calendar, once it's planned for, it's not a distraction anymore because you're taking a specific time to do these things, to check social media and things like that. And then it becomes like just part of your day. Right. That's the biggest lesson that I want you to, to leave you with. Right. It's, it's an accountability thing, obviously, with the distraction and traction is, like you said, to keep you on task and being able to visualize those things regardless of what they are within the map of your day. I think that it helps you mentally to like see that map and to know that it's a little bit more attainable also. Yeah. Especially if you're a freelancer or whatever, you're going to have a list of things that you need to do regardless of if it's for the job or not, as you're going through the day, it's kind of like you're making that progress anyway, and it makes you feel accomplished. So it's kind of, it also helps like mentally. Yeah. I think, which the, I think is great. The biggest mistake people do is just like they translate to-do list into the calendar and not leaving mm -hmm. themselves like breaks and uh, yeah. actually that time for like recharging batteries, especially taking the breaks to, to have a short walk or just to, you know, go downstairs, like do some push-ups and things like that are, right. are, are essential. Depending on how I'm doing on a certain project and if I need to focus, I'll set a timer for exactly two hours, which kind of is more, for whatever reason in my mind, that makes it more real. Like, okay, I have to do this before the bell rings. Um, and then after that, maybe I'll say to myself, okay, after this two hours, then I can take a break. Maybe get up, walk around, get something to eat, then come back, set another two hours. And that helps me focus on the task at hand. Nobody's yeah. impervious to distractions, no matter what it is. So <laughs> especially when you're by yourself and you're like, well, I love working on this, but hey, look at this shiny thing over here. What's what's happening on Instagram? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, or check the email, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe someone has sent me a message and then the cycle starts. Yeah. The cycle of checking things up and yeah. I also want to add one more thing to that because there are like many techniques of setting timer for yourself. Like Pomodoro mm -hmm. technique is probably something you heard of. But I think the important thing to, to know here is that it depends on the person. So for someone that mm -hmm. Pomodoro technique with 25 minutes of work, five minutes of break will work. For some people, it will not. For right. me, like five minutes of break is not enough. And I gravitate more towards having a longer working session and a longer break between right. working sessions. So mm -hmm. I think I'm more like uh, leaning towards what you're doing right now. I think the takeaway here is just to test it on yourself. Like, you know, listen to your body and <laughs> what it tells and uh, figure out what works for you. And schedule a calendar. Use that traction concept 
in a way mm -hmm. that works for you. So I, I hate right. to say that it depends on the person, but it does. And there is no oh, other for sure. like ready to go solution for everyone. No, I mean, these are just concepts that we're talking about that we know because we've utilized them and they work for us. So obviously we're coming from a place of experience. There's really no wrong way to do it. It's just like, these are the tools that you can use. Shall we cut to the second concept? Yes. Let's do it. In my opinion, there are three main categories of things that make you more productive, more efficient. The first one is like prep work. And that's what we just talked about. Like things you mm -hmm. do actually before you even start. Okay. Things right. you do to prepare yourself, your work environment, your uh, workstation. And then the next category are things that you do to kind of get into the zone. Mm -hmm. And then the third category are things that you do once you're in the zone to make the process efficient. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the second pillar, which is like getting through that first initial stage, getting into the zone, getting into the okay. flow of editing. And the concept I want to talk about, I call it the Hemingway rule. The reason behind it is because I've learned reading about uh, Hemingway that he used to do something very interesting. He used to write books and stop only when he knew what the next paragraph would be about. Mm -hmm. And it felt so contrary with what I used to do. So, for example, mm -hmm. when I was working on uh, adding B-roll to my timeline, right? I mm -hmm. liked to add all of the B-roll clips I thought were needed before I could call it a day. Mm. But Hemingway or his writing method suggests something else that you should actually stop once you know what will follow, what is the next step, what is the next thing you're going to do on the timeline. Mm -hmm. What I do these days is I tend to end my session uh, once I have like 90% of B-roll added on the timeline. Mm -hmm. And then the last few minutes of my working day, I will just finish with, uh, with doing the next step. So for example, ne the next step would be working with music, adding the music track to, to the timeline. And I will just drop it on the timeline, start figuring things out, how it will go, how it will play with the, with the edit mm -hmm. and then call it a day. Once I have like a rough idea, what song I'm going to use, how it's going to transition to another one and things like that. And because of that, the next day I have very easy 10 minutes of work on mm -hmm. finishing up a bureau, something that is not requiring me to do much thinking, to be honest, but mm -hmm. that warms me up in a way. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it applies to other stages of editing as well. Let's say you're like watching dailies. You could end with 15 minutes of dailies that are unwatched by you. You, you haven't watched them yet. Mm -hmm. And cut to another stage, like thinking about the story the shots will tell and mm -hmm. basically working on a rough cut. Okay. And once you have a very rough idea how things going to play out, then mm -hmm. you call it a day. And next time you sit and you want to work on that project, you have very easy 15 minutes where you're just watching the rest of the dailies. Mm -hmm. And the added benefit to it is that mm -hmm. once you work on that next stage, you subconsciously think about what you're going to do with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you take a break and your mind subconsciously 
gives you ideas about how how the rough cut could, could work and either it should work as it, as what's scripted or maybe you should change things in it but the main thing is that the next time you start that editing session mm-hmm. you have those 15 minutes that are quite easy you know what to do already and you don't have to start with something that is difficult okay great <laughs> i have nothing to add to that <laughs> Good. <laughs> Ricky will have hard time cutting that episode. I, I, I can tell already. <laughs> My last handful of jobs have been pretty, um, the deadlines have been really quick. Yeah. And there's just been an overwhelming amount of work that I didn't have the space to be like, all right, I can leave some to later. Like I had to like, uh, I crank through everything. So I want to suggest that that you actually uh, still do apply it because it's not yeah. like you have to do it for every step or, or for every like stage of editing. Uh, that's something you, you just like, once you want to call it a day, once you want to take a longer break, then you identify what is the next stage, what will be the next thing you'll have to do. And instead right. of finishing that part that you're doing right now, you're starting mm-hmm. working on the next one. Yeah. So that's that's what applies to those situations where you are under the tight deadline and uh, you're not really doing like one section at a time because that's what we rarely do. We mm-hmm. usually do like a few stages of editing in one day or even before we take a, take a break. Uh, but but you can apply it to those situations as well. You just identify what will be the next stage. What is the next thing yeah. I'm I'm gonna work on? What will be the next scene? For example, I will cut, and then instead right. of cutting that that scene I'm working on t- to perfection, you switch to the mm-hmm. next one just for a few minutes, just to get yeah. a sense of what's gonna work in it, and to give yourself that easy start of you know, polishing the, 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 the scene you have worked on once you start your next editing session. Yeah. Does okay. it make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I, I guess I, thinking back to my, those jobs, I kind of would do that. And it was more like, okay, I'm trying to get the timing right, even if the B-roll isn't perfect. And then I could go back, start working on something else. And then when I went back to it, then I could watch it all over again and tighten it up. Yeah, many many people I think do it subconsciously uh, as well. Yeah, uh, in a way. But I think like once you plan for it, it's also like uh, it's more beneficial in a way. Just you know, mm-hmm. just doing it, doing it on purpose. For me, the 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 hardest part when I'm getting to edit something that just doesn't feel something like I have to do right now mm-hmm. is just starting. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you if you have it, but sometimes I do. I know exactly. Yeah, even for projects that are <laughs> you know well. that are All that are well. that are cool projects that I would still like say, oh, this is a, I'm I'm really appreciating this project, but yeah. still sometimes like getting to edit is the hardest part, mm-hmm. and that's what the Hemingway rule is for because you mm-hmm. want to give yourself that easy start that that head start to to begin with, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that warm up you were talking about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Theoretically, you should be in the zone by yeah. then. So then it's just the momentum of working. Exactly. I mean, as always, as always, it's the matter of practice. So yeah. uh, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. 
But yeah, right. I would say that both scheduling and Hemingway rules are something that I try to do, but mm-hmm. uh, scheduling and, you know, using that traction, traction concept has been always for me more difficult to, uh, to kind of like, you know, incorporate into my working routine. But Hemingway rule is something like, it's so easy to do it, you know, it doesn't require mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, planning and things like that. You don't have right. to reevaluate anything because with traction, mm-hmm. you have to reevaluate. Did I do well with what I planned for did I, or, or did I not? With Hemingway mm-hmm. rule is just something you do once every day uh, by the end of your day or by the end of your working session. And mm-hmm. it's so easy to implement. So I would say that from all the concepts that I've learned throughout the years of editing as a freelancer, uh, the Hemingway rule is probably the, the easiest one to implement and mm-hmm. also the one that gives me the most bang for the buck, <laughs> in a way. Right, because you can see the results of it quicker. Yeah, perhaps. definitely. And you can feel it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of... What we had talked about before in regard, or what I had mentioned before in regards to accountability and kind of having control of what's going on because it's so easy. At least I always experience a a little bit of anxiety when I'm working on new projects and especially if I'm working on projects one on top of the other, two different jobs at the same time, which Uh is a terrible thing to do. (laughs) But it's, uh, it can, at least in your mind, it can easily get away from you. And to have something where you can, you're seeing it like the Hemingway rule that you can implement it immediately and then see the results of it or feel the results of it, it, it kind of helps you ease, eases your mind with uh, the tasks at hand. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So the third tactic or concept that we're going to talk about is keyboard shortcuts, which if you're a video editor or anybody that works with computers, you should already be using. They obviously make you more efficient. Like everyone mm-hmm. everyone knows it. The keyboard shortcuts that I use a lot are Control R for adjusting the speed and stuff, and then G for gain, Option Command V. It's easier just to use that to copy effects to another clip. Command K and Command L. Command K is the knife to cut, yeah. and then Command L basically splits audio and video apart. And I use those all the time. We'll say that's my game when I'm editing. Yeah. For specific projects, there are things that you do regularly, that you do often. And then you actually want to create your own shortcuts sometimes for those specific tasks. Or maybe even macro sequence. So that will like run a few shortcuts at a time with one click of a button. These are all things that are like easy to do. So why wouldn't we implement them in the editing workflow? For sure. There are a few that I think are essential for probably like every workflow. So you've mentioned the one Ctrl plus K, which adds an edit point at -hmm. at a place where your playhead is. I actually have it mapped to D on my keyboard because Mm -hmm. I like to have my hand in kind of like a game and play position where, you know, you, Mm -hmm. when you're gaming or something like that, you're using Mm -hmm. like that W S A S D keys, but I like to hold my hand on Q and W, which are shortcuts for trimming the head and tail of the clip, which I use Mm -hmm. all the time. And Mm -hmm. once I have these fingers, these two, on Q and W, it's just so natural to have this one under D, you know? Mm-hmm. So D and F. So I use D for adding the, the edit point and F for mm-hmm. ripple delete. And with the combination of Q, W, D and F, 
which I have all under my fingertips, basically. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do any rough cut. Any rough cut. Yeah. Like anything that doesn't evolve like many tracks that are related to each other. It's so mm-hmm. easy to do with just those four shortcuts, you know? And I I just have them in the place where I don't even have to change position of my hand in a way or or yeah. use my other hand to 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 activate the shortcut, you know? So I right. think that's that's super useful. You also mentioned the the shortcut for linking and unlinking, which is mm-hmm. Ctrl plus L, which I use quite often as well. But there is also this timeline button. It's called linked selection in Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm giving these examples on Premiere Pro, all of these shortcuts are applicable in all major NLEs. In Resolve, in Final Cut, they are not limited to Premiere Pro specifically. But in Premiere, you have this button, which is linked selection, which, which you can also create a shortcut for. So you probably know shortcut S, which activates mm-hmm. uh, and deactivates snapping on the timeline. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you drag a clip on the timeline, it snaps to something that's already there. You can deactivate it with S shortcut. A button that is next to that magnet button in the timeline panel, uh, one of them is linked selection, which is basically once you click on a clip, do you want only the clip uh, that you click on to be selected? Or do you want every clip that is linked to that clip to, the, to be selected as well? So mm-hmm. when you have audio and video that are linked, with linked selection activated, once you click on video, it will select both audio and video. But mm-hmm. if you have it deactivated, it will just select video clip. I have it under the Z shortcut, mm-hmm. which is also quite handy also under my fingertips. I don't have to move my hand around to, to activate it or deactivate it. So that's quite useful, I think. These are the tactics that I want you to try in your workflow today, you know, because all of them are applicable. And I think that the most difficult one and the one that will require the most work is probably creating that schedule every day, that traction for your working sessions, for your editing sessions. But Hemingway rule and shortcuts are the things that you can like implementing the workflow right away. Yeah. So I encourage yeah. you to do it. And quicken your game. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Peter, when's the next session and what's different about this session compared to the previous editing chef? Yeah. So it starts on December 6th. And uh, this time, actually, you know, the launch period will be nine days long. So I'm closing the enrollment on December 15th. It will be open to some extent after that launch period, but under mm-hmm. a little bit worse conditions. So I would still argue that it's best to sign up during that nine days window, you know? And there will be two options to choose from. The first one will be just video lessons and the Discord community for those people mm-hmm. that do not want to get involved in live sessions, you know? Because some people just, just, just do not care about this stuff. But I think the most beneficial and I have no doubt about it. The most beneficial mm-hmm. option is to choose choose the one with live sessions. This time, live sessions will be topic-based, which basically means that each live session will, will summarize and we will do exercises together uh, from one or two chapters from the editing chef. So mm-hmm. it's still self-paced course. 
but I think mm-hmm. the best way to get most out of it is to do attend these live sessions, do the exercises together. And yeah, December 6th. Perfect. All right. Well, great. Yeah. If you want to sign up, if you want to learn more about it, if you're not really convinced, but you want to learn more, go to cuttothepoint.com forward slash TEC. Again, I, you know, I, I said it many times on the channel already, so I'll set it, say it here again, even though I'm talking about my course this time. Not, none of the courses is for everyone, you know. So you have to check the website. You have to read about it. You have to uh, basically decide if that's something that works for you. If you feel it does, then, then you know, check it out. If not, then, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Well, that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you should check out The Editing Chef because in my opinion, I think it's worth it. Yeah, to be honest, Ricky, it does feel make me feel like an imposter because seeing your edits, I, I know that you are a great editor and having someone like you in The Editing Chef course is like a biggest compliment to me. And, you know, all the people in The Editing Chef, especially those that I get to know personally uh, during the live sessions are mm-hmm. just so cool. So cool. I, I well, learned from you guys as that. well. Which is awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks for saying that. Okay. Have a good one, everyone. Okay. <laughs> Till the next time. Have a good day. Edit and edit like there is no tomorrow. Shoot Don't and edit, edit like, like no there is no Shoot. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky has to let, re, learn the phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you've listened to this on. Your reviews help more people discover this show. You can also follow us on Instagram. Just search for at cut to reveal and tell your friends. And if you have any questions or comments, send them to podcast at cuttothepoint.com. And who knows, maybe we'll use them in the future episodes. And as we say around here, until the next time, shoot and edit like there is no tomorrow.